The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What's up, everybody? Thanks for joining us today. My name is Ken Swanson. This is the AP Laboratory. It's the game preview edition. Get you ready. For a big Monday afternoon bout between your Kansas City Chiefs looking to rebound from their first loss of the season against a very good opponent looking to bounce back from their first loss of the season, the Buffalo Bills. Lots to cover with that game, and we'll get to all that. But first, I got to hear from my dear pals about Le'Veon Bell signing. And I'll, I'll ask Maddie Lane first. Find him on Twitter at Chief in Carolina. Le'Veon Bell's in the mix. What you think, Maddie? Well, first, the signing was delayed a little bit. He had to come out to Carolina, had to help me collect some eggs this morning. So I'm sorry, guys, that the Lev Bell news came out while Twitter was down later on in the afternoon. He had to swing by and help me out first. Second, we need to really dive in and discuss how terrible this Monday game at 4 p.m. is going to be for my schedule. This is one of the worst ideas I have ever heard. What was wrong with the 7 p.m. game? What was wrong with the doubleheader at 7 p.m.? Nothing was wrong with it. <laughs> now, to your question, Kent. I'm happy the Chiefs signed Le'Veon Bell. I am a little tired, and I was one of the first people to be on the Daryl Williams hype train. I liked him as a draft prospect coming out. I was excited the Chiefs signed him. I still think he belongs in the NFL. The Chiefs got too comfortable with Daryl Williams. Too many plays are designed to get Daryl Williams in space one-on-one with players, and yeah, he's made some plays down the field as a receiver. He's occasionally made some guys miss, but... They're just way too comfortable designing plays for Daryl Williams, the running back, in space, and they don't work out very well. I really wish it was Clyde Edwards-Hilaire getting those touches. They don't trust him as a receiver. It's pretty evident. Wild, but evident. So now you insert Le'Veon Bell into Daryl Williams' role with that third down back. Subs out for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire when he needs a break. Get some rushes. No problem with him taking some more rushes than Daryl Williams was. He gets all those targets, all those pass reps. That's a good plan. I love the signing for him to be running back two, running back one B, even if you must, while you kind of ease and Clyde into the NFL schedule. Craig, I know you have some strong thoughts on getting both of those guys on the field together, though. Yeah, uh, it, it's not going to happen often. As great as that sounds, that's just not something that's going to happen. Teams do that in the NFL on occasion. The Patriots do it sometimes. The Ravens do it sometimes. The Texans did it a little bit. Teams treat that second guy as a receiver. Teams would treat Le'Veon Bell as a receiver, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire as a receiver. So those two back sets that I think people get really excited about, seeing those two on the field together, 
it, it doesn't really throw defenses for as big of a loop as we think it does. It, it does get some matchups in the flat that are a little bit advantageous, but it's not like defenses are going to come out, be in their base defense against that, that formation, and then come out and have both Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and Le'Veon Bell on a linebacker. That's just not how it's going to work. Le'Veon Bell is going to take over the 33% of the snaps that Daryl Williams kind of gets right now. He might get a little bit more of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire's share as this you know transitional period kind of comes in here while they're still teaching and trusting Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. That's valuable. It's an incentive-laden contract by all reports here. We don't know the total numbers yet, but if it's incentive-laden, that means that you're going to get Le'Veon Bell wanting to be at his best because not only is he here trying to get a ring, which is, of course, the PR move that they're going to give you, he also needs to maximize his efficiency, show that he's the back that he was, so he can get paid again next year by another team. I think you're going to see the best version of Le'Veon Bell. I think it's going to be great for that running back room, and I think Daryl Williams not going anywhere, still going to be a fantastic depth piece and special teamer. Le'Veon Bell's fresh, by the way. He's only played in two games this year, 17 games total since 2017. Uh, so you, you're going to get a fresh version of Le'Veon Bell in a limited role. His value will be maximized for free agency next year. But you guys already heard all of my takes if you listen to the Insta Reaction Pod on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast channel. So let's go ahead and jump into this game preview. Let's get this thing going. Offensive side of the ball, let's kick it off. And Maddie, this offense, if they're going to rebound, they got to beat zone coverage. Every team going forward, besides the Baltimore Ravens, is going to play zone coverage against the Kansas City Chiefs. That's just, that is what it has been to slow them down. Some teams have had significantly more success than others, but the plan is to play zone coverage, not blitz, only rush three or four guys, have someone spying Patrick Mahomes. Everybody else is playing zone coverage. Unfortunately, I've talked about this a couple times. I know we did it last year. I think the Chiefs get stuck in these ruts to where they like to run the same route concepts over and over again from various different positional groupings and alignments, but they run to space a lot. They run a lot of spacing routes where there's not an exact route being run, so it's hard to play on timing. It's hard to hit a person as soon as they come out of the break at all times because they're just running to general areas on the field. You see, when you go last year to the Detroit Lions game, how many times the slot corner would just cut underneath one of those over routes. You're starting to see that now with the Patriots, now with the Raiders in the second half. There's constantly somebody looking to drift down or back to take away those over routes. The spacing vertical routes aren't working because there's so many defensive backs dropping back. The offensive scheme needs to be tweaked just a little bit to start taking advantage of this zone coverage. Flood the same area of the field. Throw some routes on timing that aren't just to Travis Kelsey. It's awesome to throw a slant or a nice little end to Travis Kelsey settling down in between some hook zones. You need more than one person to do that, though. The Chiefs really have to get back to being a little bit more nuanced, a little bit more prepared in some of the routes and the play calls they're going they get a little loose when things are going well. I think we've entered that loose phase of the season. They'll tighten it up. They did it last year, but it's just something to worth watching because the Buffalo Bills, they're going to play a lot of zone. Sean McDermott's very smart. He is not going to play man coverage and try to blitz 50% of the time. He just won't do that. You're going to have to beat their zone coverage. 
Yeah, and unfortunately for the Bills, their pass defense hasn't been particularly good this year. You look at that off or that defense and you see a lot of big names and a lot of very, very good players. I, it's just a matter of time before they figure some stuff out. Unfortunately for them, they have to go up against an electric passing offense. Even with Sammy Watkins out here, McCall Hardman, Byron Pringle, guys are going to be able to fill in. They're going to make it difficult for the Bills to play man. So like Maddie said, they already play a lot of zone. I expect them to continue to play a lot of zone. You have to beat it. You have to find the holes in the zone. Attack in those areas of the field on time. Don't just kind of allow guys to float into there. Don't just run to space. You've got to be able to have these guys and tr- have Patrick Mahomes trust them to be in those spaces. Target against the seams in the zones on time and hit Travis Kelsey. Hit McCole Hardman. Hit Tyree Kill in those spots and take advantage of what the Bills are doing. I, uh, I do think that you're going to see a lot of zone coverage. You're going to see the tendencies. I am curious how much man they do play. Uh, because the last time the Chiefs didn't have Sammy Watkins, the Indianapolis Colts played man, and the Chiefs couldn't do a thing against them. So it's something to monitor, at least, if they mix things up, because the last time they didn't have Sammy Watkins, it was bad. And that's our next point. Can any wide receivers step up to replace Sammy Watkins, Maddie? Yes. Yes, they can because they've done it in the past. Speaking of that Indianapolis Colts game, Byron Pringle stepped on the field and was instantly the Chiefs' best wide receiver. That was also without Tyreek Hill. So I think that plays a role too in a team not wanting to play man coverage or wanting to play man coverage against the Chiefs. But Byron Pringle, I hope he sees the field. I really do. I want him to get out there. I think he runs better routes than Demarcus Robinson, better than McCole Hardman. I think he would be a better fit taking over Sammy Watkins' role as an ex-wide receiver over the middle of the field, running these more timing routes, being physical. If they're not going to do that, if they don't trust Byron Pringle to step out there and play this role, you're going to need it to be McCole Hardman. I don't think Demarcus Robinson has another step in his game to take. I think he's solid at what he does right now, especially for the Chiefs being the fifth option on any given play, being an energy guy, working well on broken plays, but there's not another step for him or he would have done it by now. But Cole Hardman, if you're not going to trust Pringle, needs to go out there. And yeah, he's only going to run four or five different routes, but he's got to make them count. As long as Sammy Watkins out, he's going to get a lot more reps to run those four or five routes and he needs to hit on a few more of them than he has so far this season. Yeah, that's uh, that's basically it. McCole Hardman talked about in his presser today needing to clean up the intermediate and the short stuff with the way that the Bills are going to tilt some coverages. They're going to trust Tredavious White to maybe in those man coverage reps match up against Tyreek Hill. That's the one-on-one matchup that they're going to want. Maybe a little safety help over the top to protect against Tyreek Hill. But opposite him is going to be Josh Norman. McCall Hardman is faster than Josh Norman. He he doesn't have the same technical ability that Josh Norman has, but that's fallen off a cliff. He has a real opportunity here in the short and in the intermediate to beat up on Josh Norman, a player that's probably going to be playing off man, a player that's probably going to try and protect deep because he knows that McCall Hardman is fast and that he is not. So those are situations where he has to make sure that he gets those curls, he gets those drags, he gets those slants crisp and clean because if Patrick Mahomes can trust him to throw those early, 
they will be open against a guy that's going to be terrified of McCole Hardman's speed over the top. Yeah, McCole Hardman, I think, has a chance to to, to have a, a pretty big game here if they are going to play some zone coverage. Um, and I think you've seen, you know, I, I've been pretty decent about kind of having a, a, a read on McColl games, McColl type games. I called the Ravens game. I actually think this could be another McColl game. I think this could be one of those games where McColl gets a shot down the field, a big explosive play down the field against zone coverage. Um, and I know Sammy Watkins' absence maybe hurts that a little bit, but it does feel like a lot of the times when McColl Hardman is able to generate one of those big explosive plays, there is, you know, it's sometimes working in tandem with Tyreek. So, like, you know, Tyreek on the deep over, McColl up the seam, you know, a little bit too too much focus on on the deep over by a Tyreek Hill, McColl pops open. I think you could see something like that um, this week because I do think McColl is going to get on the field more this week. And I think he's going to get more targets potentially. Um, obviously, Demarcus Robinson got a bunch more targets than him uh, in in the home stretch against Oakland. Uh, a couple of them got called back. It would have been, like I think he ended up with like four or five targets, but it was really more like seven or eight after some penalties and some stuff that happened on a couple of those. I think I think McCool gets more this week. Uh, just and because I, I think he's going to get more of a lion's share of a snap count. They're going to try to utilize him, and this is a, you know this is a big test for him. We'll talk more about him in a second. Uh, okay, this has been, I feel like we've talked about this in some way, shape, or form several weeks this season. The Bills can rush four, play seven in zone, rush three, play eight in zone, and potentially have some sex, success the way this has been, the, the way this has been going, Maddie, Can the Chiefs hold up against a deep defensive line? Well, the issue is on paper, I don't think the Bills' pass rush is that particularly good. Jerry Hughes, Mario Addison are both quality pass rushers, but they're not elite edge defenders. They're just good. They're solid. They can beat up bad offensive tackles, but they should not cause a team complete nightmares. Harrison Phillips isn't a great pass rusher on the inside. Vernon Butler, Quentin Jefferson, even Trent Murphy on the other end spot, those guys don't scare you. The real scaring person on here, Ed Oliver. Ed Oliver's playing a lot better this season. He's starting to figure out the NFL. He looks quick. He looks strong. He's been a better run defender, oddly enough, than a pass rusher this season so far, but he's still been a quality pass rusher, and I think that's your big mismatch, but on paper, the Chiefs should be able to stop this pass rush. The Bills get a lot of their pressure by blitzing. I actually think up next to the Ravens, their blitz percentage and blitz success rate is like third in the NFL. Steelers were clearly first, and I think the Ravens and Bills were right next to each other as of two weeks ago. So they do like the blitz. I just don't think they will against the Chiefs. And that pass rush shouldn't get home repeatedly. The issue is neither should the Raiders, neither should the Patriots, neither should anybody that the Chiefs, you know, have played since week two, and they have. So it's kind of like a very movable force meeting a very stoppable object, and you don't know who's going to win. But I think from what we've seen from the Chiefs offensive line, I don't know how you have a lot of faith that they'll be able to pull this off. Quite simply, the tackles have to have big days. You got to be able to take that next step forward. Right now, they are under the gun. Mitchell Schwartz, Eric Fisher are not doing a particularly great job of protecting Patrick Mahomes. Yes, Mahomes is definitely exacerbating the situation at times, but they're not doing a particularly good job of protecting him. Jerry Hughes, Ed Oliver, and Quentin Jefferson are the guys that lead the the Bills in pressures there. 
those are the guys that you're going to have to single out and focus on because those are the guys that can do the most damage. Yes, as Maddie said, they are going to blitz. It's a Sean McDermott, Jim Johnson, Steve Spagnuolo-style defense. They're going to blitz heavily. If they do that, Patrick Mahomes and the offensive line need to be on the same page. They need to protect well, but it's the four-man rush and the three-man rush that we've seen really kill the Chiefs because we know Mahomes is good against the blitz. He's really struggled when they've dropped heavily and they've allowed the four-man rush to get home this year. I think they have a few more bodies than a team like the Raiders has. That's one thing, you know, They've got A.J. Epinesa in the mix there as well. So, you know, you've got some guys there. Daryl Johnson, too, he gets some run. Uh, I don't know how much on defense, but he's he's kind of, you know, he's a nice little project there, too. They've got a lot of bodies to throw at the Chiefs. Uh, so that's something to keep an eye on is if, you know, if they try to get home with four, uh, what kind of rotation they've got going there, and, and if they can keep those guys threat, f- fresh for four quarters because Mahomes is going to run around, and they're going to be chasing a lot. Uh, okay. Time for players to watch. What you got, Craig? Well, everybody's talking about Le'Veon Bell because rightfully show. So they should. My player to watch is Clyde Edwards Elaire. <laughs> Clyde Edwards Elaire is the Chiefs starting running back and their first round draft pick. In the past couple games, he has struggled to make an impact on the game in the way that everybody would expect a first round running back to do. That's not all his fault. Andy Reid's not really using him the way that you would expect him to, but he's also not been great so far. They need him to step up and have a big game, and now he's got Le'Veon Bell coming in. He's got somebody breathing down his neck that is an established veteran. Everybody knows the type of player that Le'Veon Bell is. Andy Reid does as well, and what sort of matchup nightmare he is. I am going with Clyde edwards Lair to have a big game. Step up. Put his stamp on this team. Remind everybody, listen, this organization had faith in me to draft me in the first round this year. I'm going to hold on to this job. I'm still going to get 60% of the snaps. This job is mine. For me, my player to watch is Mike Rimmers. Just kind of talked about being able to stop the four-man pass rush, three-man pass rush. I think part of the big issue of that, the interior offensive line, not only hasn't shut down interior pass rushers very well but they allow the pocket to get crushed repeatedly Rimmers is going to have to step in and replace arguably the Chiefs best offensive lineman up to this point in Kelechi Osimile he did an okay job versus the Raiders it definitely wasn't good or adequate and it was a big step back but he's going to need to be even better than that this week if not it could be a long day I mean having to stop Ed Oliver having to stop Quentin Jefferson like those are guys that maybe can provide a little bit of pass rush and if he's not ready for it he could be a big problem especially when you consider there's not anybody next to him to protect him as Eric Fisher's hands are going to be full on one side Austin Ryder is just a solid capable NFL player he's not a guy you can really rely on to help both Wiley and Rimmers on either side he's gonna have to be a lot better than he was and really replace what Osimile was bringing to the team I've went with McCall Hardman a couple times this year I'm gonna go with him again early on it was just try to get an understanding of his role what kind of progress he's made his snap count what does his snap count say about the kind of progress that this team believes he's made and obviously, early on, he's still kind of playing in a in a limited role. He's getting in a share a timeshare with guys like Demarcus Robinson. Well, there's more targets and there's more snaps available now. Obviously, with Sammy Watkins, and I really want to see if he's the guy that they're going to try to directly replace Sammy Watkins with, and not direct, but they're going to replace his snaps with. 
and what he does with them. This is what a lot of us that want to see McColl make progress and take progress, we want we want this opportunity right here. We don't want Sammy to be hurt, but we want to see what happens without him with these kind of snaps and this kind of opportunity. This is a chance for him to to show that he's progressed farther than we all, or not we all, but that some of us think. I want to be wrong about him. I really do. And let, this is a chance, and this is a big opportunity for him to you know, prove me wrong that he's more than just a gadget player right now. We're going to take a break. And we will be back to preview the defensive side of the ball right after this. All right, continuing our game preview for the Monday afternoon game against the Buffalo Bills defensive side of the football time. And I think the first thing we got to talk about on defense, Craig, is containing the vertical threat that this offense really possesses. Man, what a difference a couple years makes for Josh Allen. He is a legitimate MVP candidate. Yes, I realized last week was not particularly good, but this man has upped his completion percentage by over 10% and upped his yards per attempt by almost two yards per attempt over his previous two years. He's throwing the ball downfield with accuracy. We knew all along that he had a howitzer that he could throw it, you know, forever. He we've talked about, you know, Patrick Mahomes versus Josh Allen for all offseason, you know, that that arm strength competition here. But Josh Allen has touch on his passes. Now, John Brown and Stephon Diggs are very good deep threats. They are guys that can get downfield, that can take the top off of a defense, and Josh Allen will be able to attack deep. The Chiefs last week against the Raiders dared Derek Carr to throw deep because he didn't do it very often. This is kind of the polar opposite here. Josh Allen wants to go deep. He either wants to go really short or really deep. There's that kind of in-between area, the intermediate area of the field. He doesn't attack with the same regularity. So the Chiefs are going to have this kind of balance that they need to find there of keeping the lid on the defense, uh, you know, kind of restricting explosive plays and still making sure that guys like Devin Singletary don't get loose. But it's that vertical threat that they've really got to clean up because it's what killed them last week. And this has even more potential to be damaging this week. And this is an area that the Chiefs defense is usually pretty good in. They're pretty good at stopping themselves from getting beat deep. Part of that's really good safety play. Other parts, that's been a really good pass rush. And sometimes it's just simply confusing the opposing team's quarterback. So I do think... Last week, the Chiefs were challenging the Raiders and Derek Carr to go vertical. That's why you saw a lot of plays go that way. There was a lot of blown coverages or just simple lackadaisical effort by some of the outside cornerbacks throughout the game. I think if you remove that, if you remove that scheme choice, if you remove some of that lethargic play out of some players, you really do cut down about on that immediately. The problem is, as Craig said, you're going up against a team that is a lot better about throwing downfield than the Raiders were. You're going to have to be all over Diggs. You're going to have to be all over John Brown. That's real speed, similar to the way that the Texans had to start the year. You just have a team that's been a lot more successful at throwing downfield. I think to help that coverage out against those kind of weapons with a quarterback with that arm talent, you are going to need that defensive line to go ahead and play a lot better than they did against the Raiders. Well, and it's not just containing the vertical pass in structure, second reaction plays too. You've got to be very mindful because Josh Allen, when he gets outside of the pocket, when he looks to you know kind of break the play, he's aggressive. 
He wants to challenge down the field. He wants to create and make those big plays. So it's not just that initial that initial play. You've got to you've got to really be mindful of where everybody is down the field until the plays until the whistle's blown dead. So it's going to be very important because he can beat you with some big explosive plays out of structure too. Third down defense, Craig. Another big piece of this. Yeah. Do you guys know who the number one third down offense in the league is? It's Buffalo. And they get behind the chains a lot. They, you know, trying to hit deep on some of these earlier downs puts them in a lot of third and longer situations. And Josh Allen is not a guy that's ever going to throw short of the sticks. He's going to attack downfield and it works. It works incredibly well. Now, the Chiefs have done a particularly good job outside of last week of playing strong third down defense and getting home with their pass rush. The Buffalo Bills do a great job of protecting Josh Allen. He does a great job of buying time, like Kent said, and finding guys out of structure. There's going to be lots of snaps this week that I expect the Buffalo Bills to have four, five, six second dropbacks, him scrambling and him looking for guys down the field. It's unreasonable to expect with the weapons that the Bills have that the Chiefs can cover for that long. On these third down plays, when you go back and you rewatch this offense and some of the things that they've done in Buffalo, it's a lot of buying time and allowing Diggs, allowing John Brown, allowing Cole Beasley to find his way open and attacking downfield with those guys. I fully expect that that's going to continue to be the game plan for Buffalo. Longer route concepts. The Chiefs have to get home. They have to find their pass rush, and they've got to be able to rattle Josh Allen and bring him down in the pocket. That's a that's a feat in itself right there. But the Buffalo Bills make their bones on third down. You can't allow them to extend drives that way. you got to get off the field. I think that's the big thing is on third down, the passers has to get after Josh Allen has to get after that Buffalo Bills offense. And then you have to contain them when you do. It can't be things where they're escaping. They're getting these second chance opportunities on that same play to go ahead and execute to convert these third downs. They're going to get some. Stefan Diggs is a really good route runner. So is Cole Beasley. They have other guys that can hurt you. The running backs can hurt you. John Brown. These guys are all good players. So they're going to complete some third downs. You just have to not be terrible against it. You have to show up. You have to stop them when it's third and long, third and medium. That's where your defense has to get off the field. Because if you keep giving them a new set of downs, they will score points against you. Finish your drives. You have to be able to finish your drives against this team. They will give you the opportunity to do so. They feel comfortable, much like the Chiefs playing in third and long. You have to be able to finish in that moment. Shut down those outside wide receivers. Make Josh Allen feel like he has to make a play. And that's where you get a lot of the bad Josh Allen. Yeah, I think it's. I think a lot of this falls on just trying to affect Josh Allen. The same kind of way you can affect Derek Carr. I think Josh Allen becomes a little bit more sporadic in his decision making and sporadic with his accuracy when you affect him. Um, you don't want, you can't let him get out of the pocket. Um, even though, honestly, I think throwing on the run and, and creating plays, like he he can certainly do it. But I do think he's very boom or bust out of the pocket. Um, so you're may you know you're kind of he might be a little bit more high variance out there. I'd rather try to you know kind of keep him within the pocket, but you know try to affect him, force him to kind of throw some balls. Uh, when he doesn't want to, I think there's some, I think there's some general accuracy issues. There's some places, there's some places in, in situations he's just kind of being generally accurate and not necessarily pinpoint. Um, and that's something that he still struggles with a little bit. You saw it this week in their loss. Expect lots of trap coverages this week. 
Uh, Josh Allen tends to miss that trap defender. Uh, trends to miss in the middle of the field. I expect a lot of maybe one rat when the Chiefs go man and they blitz a little bit. Tyron Matthew there in the middle of the field. I, I just think Josh Allen has a blind spot for some of those underneath defenders. We saw it this week. Malcolm Butler, he he didn't see the cover two dropper there, and Malcolm Butler picked on him. I still think that's a hole in his game, and Spagnuolo's very good at positioning those guys in those spots. So I, I think that's a spot where they can find some success against Allen. I like that, Craig. Uh, okay. Can the Chiefs finish a tackle, Maddie? This isn't the team you want to play if you're struggling to do so, and the Chiefs have been doing that all season long. I mean, when you look at guys like Devin Singletary and Zach Moss out of the backfield, when you look at trying to get your hands on Stefan Diggs after the catch, heck, even Josh Allen might have kind of taken the reins, besides Lamar Jackson is the hardest player quarterback to tackle at some point in time because he just shrugs off so many players and is a really good athlete himself. Like, these Bills players are built to break tackles. That's a big part of their game. Their yards after the catch stuff, a lot of times, isn't by great design, except for Nicole Beasley. A lot of it's just guys making people miss in the open field. You can't do that if you're the Chiefs. You got to swarm to the football. Multiple guys got to meet there. You have to hit. You have to wrap up and finish. If you have to give up an extra yard or two to take a better angle, I'm looking at you, Ben Neiman. Please do so. We can. I mean, not that it's going to work, but it's a better chance to allow other people to rally rather than just chasing after some guys. If you get to Josh Allen in the pocket, you have to bring him down. If you let him get away, he's going to make you pay. If you get to one of those running backs in the flat or in the hole, Take them down. If they get away from you, the team is going to pay. Finish tackles this week, and you will stop the Bills. The Kansas City Chiefs have the fifth most missed tackles in the league at 45. Oof. That's abysmal through five games. You're, you're almost averaging you're averaging nine a game missed tackles. It's unacceptable. So, yes, you have to make these guys pay. They have too much speed. They have too much contact balance, frankly. I mean, these are guys that even good tackling teams are going to struggle with just because they have the ability to extend plays, make things happen, get an extra yard or two, be secure, square up, wrap up. You can't allow the extra yards. Again, they're great on third downs. They're great at breaking tackles as well. It's just a bad recipe for a Chiefs team that has struggled right now with missed tackles. Team tackling, too. Everybody to the football. Big piece of this. Uh, good things happen when you rally to the football. Boy, I sound like a high school defensive coordinator right now, don't I? They needed it last week. <laughs> I mean, they, they've needed it for like a while now. Uh, but let's go. Players to watch. Craig, who you got? Unfortunately, Anthony Hitchens missed practice in the first day of practice of the week. So my player to watch is Ben Neiman. Ben Neiman's your backup, Mike. Ben Neiman has a potentially very big role in this defense this week if Anthony Hitchens can't go. But even if Anthony Hitchens can't go, Ben Neiman is probably going to see a lot of third downs. I talked about how the Buffalo Bills get behind the sticks a little bit because of their aggressive nature and their downfield nature. It leads to a lot of third and long. Steve Spagnuolo loves to go in his dime very, very readily. That would mean a lot of Ben Neiman in the middle of the field. You need a much better game out of Ben Neiman than you've seen so far this year, especially if Anthony Hitchens is out. He's going to play a big role this week, I feel like. 
It's just going to, is it going to be a good role or a bad role? For me, the player to watch is Tyron Matthew. And every time I pick him or somebody else, you know, it's one of the stars of the team. It kind of feels cheap, but they're coming off not a good game. They had a lot of miscommunications that seemed to, the leadership wasn't there for the team. It didn't seem like against the Raiders. That was a game where you would expect the Frank Clarks, the Tyron Matthews, the Patrick Mahomes to rally the troops and get them to play up to their talent level. And it just never happened. I do think that this week is probably a little bit different for some of those defensive players. They came out there. They probably were lit up by coaches, by Tyron Matthew, by Frank Clark. I think the guys were quite upset. And if there is a game and they match up for Tyron Matthew to outsmart the opposing uh, quarterback, this is the one to have it. Not that Josh Allen's playing bad or anything, but Craig talked about how he doesn't always see some trap coverages. I think you can get him from players coming from the backside of play concepts to the front side, to the middle of the field. He doesn't always find the guys. He does not find every player on the field before slinging the ball because a lot of times he doesn't have to. Put a highly instinctual player like Matthew out there. Let him go to work. Let him hunt around. I am expecting him to come away with at least one turnover out of this game because there's going to be opportunities. My player to watch is, you know, a lot of my players to watch are curiosity about what their playing time tells us, their usage tells us. That's kind of what I'm fascinated by. And I'm very fascinated to see what this team does with Charvarius Ward after an abysmal performance last week. That wasn't just performance, but just terrible effort, just abysmal effort jogging around the field. You have no idea how many people have been in my mentions about that unprompted. It's wild. Everyone noticed the lackluster performance from Charvarius Ward. It was awful. And there's a reason he got benched or played limited snaps in the second half. Let's find out what this organization thinks of Charvarius Ward after that. Do they throw him back into the fire? Do they challenge him? And what do we get out of Charvarius Ward? Or did he get benched? Did they, did they, did, are they, are they kind of reducing his role because they didn't like what they saw last week? It was unacceptable the, what he put on the field, what he put on tape. That's not going to help him moving forward in free agency here in a couple years if you keep seeing stuff like that. And he might have lost opportunity this week. So let's find out. I'm very curious to see what Charvarius Ward's up to, what his snap count looks like, and how he responds from, frankly, an embarrassing performance and one of his worst of his career. All right, time for predictions. What we got, Craig? I'm going with the Chiefs win. Uh, I don't think it's going to be a comfortable one. I've got them winning this 30-24, to 24, but I do think that it's going to be a little bit more of a back-and-forth affair. The Buffalo Bills are a good team. Don't don't get this Titans game you know, blown out of proportion. They just didn't take care of the ball particularly well, and the Titans were kind of a little bit of a steamroll. It's just one of those games. The Chiefs are a good football team as well. I expect a kind of a heavyweight fight here. I think you're going to see some drives that the Chiefs defense steps up and the Bills defense will turn around and step up as well. Lots of blitzing, lots of quarterback hits, lots of deep passing as well. I just think that there's going to be a lot of fireworks, but I do think the Chiefs come out on top by six points. I think, like me, both teams are going to be a little confused and thrown off by this garbage 4 p.m. start time to a football game on a Monday. I think you're going to see some sloppy defensive play at times and really good offensive play. I think this is going to end up being a shootout. I think these two offenses are both can be very, very good. I think they go toe-to-toe for most of the game. 
I trust the playmakers on the Chiefs defense just a little bit more than I do on the Bills defense right now, especially considering who the quarterbacks are on either side. I think the Chiefs do edge away this one, but it's definitely close all the way through. 38-35, Chiefs win. We are all picking scores that are one-score games. So everyone can get on our back. Off our back about blowouts. I got a close one too. 35-31, your Kansas City Chiefs. They put 35 on the board. Uh, it is a close game throughout. Your Kansas City Chiefs hold on late to win this game and advance to five and one. And uh it hopefully get their season, you know, back on track after, you know, kind of a little bit of a of a misstep there against the Raiders. That is going to do it for the game preview edition of the AP Laboratory. Thank you all so much for listening to everything we're doing on the Arrowhead Pride podcast channel. You've got an instant reaction of Le'Veon Bell to listen to as well if you want to go back and listen to that. Uh, If not, we'll uh, just use this again if you want to get ready for Monday. We'll talk to you after that game. We'll catch you later.